sexy sounds of Barry White and Colin and Joshua Michael and get down with some John Luke Picard. How you doing out there in listening land? In listening land? <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone just uh, put down your favorite lady and turn it up to, to eight. Pour yourself a nice bottle of Chianti and settle down to the smooth loving sounds of Picard and Joshua Michael and Colin. I should have got some Earl Grey. That's what it was. Some Chateau Picard. Am I am I seducing you yet? Yeah, dude, I'm super super excited. Are you, are you, are you, are you, what the f- Are you feeling it? Do you, do you do you love the long musty sounds of Joshua Michael? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, oh, I was about to say one of those words that people absolutely hate. So Moist. I won't say it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I cleared my throat over that. That's one. okay. Yeah, sorry guys. I yeah. didn't mean to get so queer on you guys. Uh, and by queer, I mean obviously the thing that you hate the most that you associate with queer, and not in a bad way, because obviously we're progressives. We're <laughs> we're gonna do some Picard episode four. Sorry, we're a little bit late. Episode four. Sorry, we're a little late. Uh, long long week this week. Uh, I was gonna record the other night, and one of my best friends came over, and I. Colin got a little mad, and I'm sorry, but she was worth it. <laughs> I didn't say anything you were, that would indicate you were, that I was mad. You were very, very cordial, and I really appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> I was just, yeah. Uh, I just was direct. I'll you say were direct, and you didn't pull your punch, but you weren't an asshole. And that's the true point. <laughs> I didn't pull my that hockey puck to the face. <laughs> Dougie took one to the face. <laughs> Uh, yeah, episode four. Um, wow. Um, this one, this one. What is this? Episode, it's absolute candor. That's absolute candor, candor. Absolute candor. We're doing Picard. How are you feeling about it so far, man? And pretend that you haven't seen episode five yet. Pretending. Okay. I'm going to go back in time to, uh, the week before last. And, um, I was feeling very drawn out like the series as a whole still feels like it's just is it dragging for you it's so dragging like why did it take till episode three i've already complained about this why does it take until episode three to get them into space and get the entire crew together we're still getting guys together in this episode and for what so far it doesn't really add anything and um it just, yeah, I don't know. It just, it all feels like... Like what? I feel... It just, it's like, okay, hey, yeah, we get this major mission to accomplish, but we're all going on side quests. 
Well, wouldn't we gotta? I gotta go do this. You gotta go do that. Oh, yeah. You know. Wouldn't you rather? I'm only hitching a ride. It's that kind of stuff. Wouldn't you rather them get this out of the way first instead of in episode ten? I would like for. Okay, this is a problem I'm concerned about in my own personal writing right now, and I'm seeing it in this show. And I was driving thinking about this. I'll hand off my material at some point and say, hey, you want to, okay, you want to read my stuff. I'm not going to tell you the parts that I don't like. I'm not going to tell you the parts that I'm obviously going to rewrite. But I want to know when they've, when somebody's read it, does this scene mean anything? Does it progress the story in any way? Is this important? I don't want to be sitting around in the last episode looking back at a specific episode and going, why did any of that happen? What point was there in that? And so, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it from a writing perspective. It just, I don't, I don't, I, you know, you've got 10 episodes in a season. It's like Johnny Black. Johnny Black, sorry. Johnny Cash. Uh, when I think about how important it is for you to get your content out there properly. Right. Uh, I think of that scene in Walk the Line when they go to record in Memphis for the very first time. And the guy says, I don't know why you're wasting my time. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he says, I've look. The, I've seen the same picking and grinning over exactly. and over and over. And I've seen it. You're going to tell it on the mountain. Yeah. And I don't believe Just, you. You've got to put everything you've got if you're gonna get to work on a show that is gonna be under the microscope like this show is every moment every scene has to be uh consequential uh yeah. yes it, incredible it has the it has the propel it, you've got 20 years. It was 2002 when Nemesis came out. Right. It was 2009 when the last Prime Universe information came to us from J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. Okay. And so we're like, okay, what's been going on? I mean, we watched an alternate universe movie tell us what happened in the regular Prime Universe. <laughs> And we've got more information from that movie, it feels like, than we have out of this series that we're into the fifth episode of. So you've got a problem. <clears throat> and I mean, I got a problem with the pacing. No, no. I got a problem with uh, with some of the characters. I I'm not going to tell you some of the complaints that I've got from other uh, Star Trek outlets. Um, not at least until. Maybe we've finished watching the whole series, but there are some little particulars that make this show way too contemporary. But simultaneously, it still is what it is, and it is still a 24th century Star Trek series. Uh, it's just kind of surprising that it doesn't always feel like it's part of that greater universe. At a certain point, it doesn't even feel like Star Trek at all. You could replace all of these characters... It seems like sometimes. I think that your problem is that you are used to a certain format, and this is actually in my notes. That, that makes sense. Yeah, you're used to a certain format, and you are having way too much foreplay. 
And I'm not trying to be uh, lurid when I say that. You are tired of foreplay. And... And you, it's a great way to put and it. And you want to get to the damn business. Understandable. But if you were the dudes that were writing this that have taken every little bit of Star Trek, analyzed it, talked about it, went over it way more times than you and I have, and wondered what way could you put someone on the edge of their seat, whether they're pissed off or excited is to do the opposite of what they always did. They're not wrapping things up in in neat little 45-minute little binders, mm-hmm. you, you, mm-hmm. which is what you're used to on any any Trek anything, they, they, unless it's like a two-parter, and unless you're in a three-parter. Um, but they're fucking with you. And, and it is so goddamn awesome to hear you fret over this, because... They're screwing with you, and but it's still good. Like, like even though each episode ends in some weird cliffhanger, are you not satisfied? Are you not? Uh, I'm way more satisfied with the next episode than the one we're about to oh, watch. Well, <clears throat> which isn't to say that this one isn't worth watching, but you know, at a certain point, I'm looking at it and going, "This is what I probably would not want to do," and therein. I mean, there's not. It's it's not as if there isn't material in this that I'm not interested in. It's just at a certain point. Yeah, no, dude. At a certain point, it's time to get down to t- brass tacks. And uh, right. Yeah, right. I don't know. I, I think agree. we should watch it, and then we'll we'll talk about the specifics, the particulars afterwards. All right, we'll do that. All right. So, guys, obviously, we're watching this on CBS All Access because there's literally no other place to watch it. Uh. This is a Star Trek Picard simulcast commentary track by Colin and Joshua Michael. What we're going to do is say one, two, and three, and then when one of us decides to say engage, that's when you hit play. <laughs> Careful because you have to, it's, it's really difficult to get to zero, 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 and for it to not to just keep wanting to play the goddamn CBS All Access Originals promo at the beginning. Somehow I That's have true. mine. It's very, somehow I have very mine. Pause. It, it's only because it's probably like two seconds into it. However, you ready? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm ready to do it. All right, I'm gonna. Uh, obviously, just like all of our other simulcasts or commentary tracks, as it were. Um, yeah, if you're watching this to watch it for the first time, you're you're not yeah, getting the benefit yeah, of it because we're not we're not broadcasting any sound. Correct. So, it's like uh, like like we said, commentary simulcast if you haven't watched it yet this is us getting you caught up and uh i'm excited i don't think i've ever gotten to say it so uh are you ready oh yeah i'm ready here you go all right one two three engage i love that word previously on I gotta say, the jets are coming in low outside my yeah, house. Yeah, they've been doing that here too. Uh, I'm not happy about the recap of this fucking reporter because she just rubbed me so wrong. And I know it was a little bit difficult to enjoy seeing her dress Captain Pic- or Admiral Picard down like that. Actually, did she dress him? No, I, you know what? I might be consider confusing that with 
other characters, actually. My... It just, you know, we have this revered quality in, in Picard. We do. And I do kind of like what happened in that scene, because the first episode was really telling in a lot of ways, but it wasn't, um, I mean, it just didn't have that first episode feel, I guess. They, they, they're, they're, turning, they're <coughs> turning the tables on everything. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. think of one time, and I have studied Next Gen extensively, thanks to you, where someone has ever gotten the best of John Luke and actually got him angry to actually react in an angry fashion other than other than seeing him get pissed because Wesley did something stupid or uh Riker went off went off course in some way in terms of the plan he actually she actually got a rise out of him and that the fact that we get to see that happen um I, I think is one of the the key factors in this is 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 showing us things that we're not used to and things that would upset us if we are next gen scholars. I think I th- I really I do like what you're saying. I think what it is that uh, gets me about it is this idea that um, when you've done something, he's got. I, I just this is a man that's full of regrets. Right. And, and, and even that is at this. Even, he never regretted anything ex- until exactly, this situation. Exactly, he's never been a man full of regrets. And now we have that. We have his extra baggage. It's heavy, and we 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 see this flashback. And knowing what they've done so far, we're we're expecting for for this to hurt because that's exactly what I was thinking the first time I saw this. I see this little boy, and he's excited to see him, and I I just know that that Picard is going to give him some promises that he's he simply cannot fulfill. And that's so different because Picard always keeps his promises or even then just doesn't make promises. Exactly. Yeah. If you can't keep a promise, don't make a promise. I, I think that when people feel as regretful as he has shown us that he feels in this series, you know, even if you're, even if you're towing the line, the concept of what you're experiencing, you're still, you still know that it's wrong and it's not you, you know? And so good point. The, the, the lore of these women, the, the, the matriarchy that's happening here, typically anytime mm-hmm. I've ever encountered a matriarchy in any sort of literary function or even in the cartoons of anything, um, it's not taken seriously. Like, uh, we, we can talk about Futurama and some Snoo Snoo. And, <laughs> but these women are serious, and they have taken Picard into their home. In, into their home. And not to mention the fact they're raising a little boy that has no family. Uh, <clears throat> I, as, as, as lady cultures go, uh, I got to say that I'm glad to see this. And I can take it very seriously because I'm familiar with the Bene Gesserit witches in the Dune franchise. Uh, I don't see these characters as ripoffs. This is that was the you 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 and you mentioning that was the first time that it occurred to me. Like, oh yeah, these guys could these ladies could be characterized as such, but they're not. But this this does not feel like a ripoff to me. It's these are it's not a ploy. these are warrior ladies exactly, you know? and I love it. You can sense the power that they have behind 
Every single word that, that that woman says out of her mouth is carefully calculated and thought about. And he's welcome into their home. And I just love this the scene with the boy. Because remember how many mm-hmm. times Picard has been so abject to the idea of having children. But he is a sucker for this little boy. I wonder... I don't understand the compulsion, though. I mean, at a, we never see Captain Picard being particularly taken with any children because wesley is a teen yeah and so even even in the episode disaster where he had the uh had the trio of kids in the uh, stuck in the turbo lift and everything i mean it was just a it's just difficult to see him in that moment even identifying with them at all so the the looking at this it just feels odd However, I don't know how. Wow. How many years was it? 2002 to 2009. Okay, you know, we're trying to evacuate the Romulans, or the star went supernova and we're evacuating them. The time, the time doesn't make any sense to me, actually, and I know they've given us the numbers, but I haven't done the math. The thing, I, the thing that weirds me out here is looking at the way Patrick Stewart is playing Picard does not feel like the way he played Picard in any of the movies or any of the TV series. What what particularly got me on this scene in general was, uh, and especially in response to what you're saying, is that uh, it reminds me of how I am to a, a good friend, of a mutual friend of ours, who has a, a daughter, and um, every time I'm around her, I'm a sucker. And But the I, I never used to want to have kids, but I would kill for her to have been my actual daughter and but the oh, the, yeah. the, the thing i know who you're talking the, about the thing it's a lovely girl it, it, agreed the thing about it is that i am not obligated to these to these to this mother and daughter however i want to and it, it's it, and i feel that that was what he was feeling when he was engaging with the little boy like it, the fact that he wasn't obligated and had to be the dad opened him up even further and that is something that i i that's interesting yeah have experience with with this with uh this little one i'm talking about right now um is because i'm not obligated to her because i'm not obligated to her i want to be obligated and i want to just give and give and give and give and give and um I, i i see that in that scene and the the way it just ended on that like exclamation point or the opposite of an exclamation point where all of a sudden like wait the synths did what and I have to leave and that that feeling why would they call I don't understand I mean I don't know why they would necessarily have called him away he's far from Federation space trying to sort this thing out it's just like okay well why does the mission change for you out here just because the sh- I guess because all of the ships got destroyed, you know, mm-hmm. so that messes everything up. But was uh, is this episode and the next one both directed by Jonathan Frakes? <clears throat> yeah, I dare say they were. <clears throat> mm. I really dig this guy. You know, I really do too. He's a he's a he's a, and I also love. I'm I'm really loving Agnes here. Uh, like they are. She is easily. I think. And I know what I'm saying here. The best actress in the series. The best performer in the show so far. She's so aloof. Yeah, she is. She's she's more 
distant than Reginald Barkley. She's real. She's so real. Yeah, Barkley. You know, Raffi yeah. does not seem like a real character to oh, me. Oh, and, and Five. I can't wait till we get to Five because... Uh... No, that was... Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But, like, oh, my God. I mean, just look at what she does here. Her She, she is not... A, a Starfleet officer. She is no a scientist who is ground. She is you know earthbound, generally ground based, and it's just funny. I, I like this. You know, it turns out space is boring. <laughs> yeah, and well. she has no obligation to these people. And then, like, of course, we could probably get like the the hotshot Han Solo uh, archetype, but he he generally just is immersed in reading and just wants to get paid and wants to be left alone he's not he's not the the hot rod guy uh he doesn't have a cool sidekick his sidekick is basically like all the automatron ai uh projections and they're all annoying as hell and he's oh i like his uh i like his uh gunner yeah that shows up here in a little bit i like the fact that <laughs> she's just not seeing this beautiful light show behind her Like it's, I, you know, I got a complaint about that. It, I know, hey, I, maybe this is just me nitpicking something, but it doesn't look remotely like flying through warp space that we've ever seen before. Never. And does that have something to do with his particular type of warp drive or what? Because, like, it's always been stars flying yeah, by. Yeah, the stars flying like, by. Until 2009 Star Trek when they decided whatever. And it, it just... I unfortunately looking at it makes me feel like it's a little bit of a, a riff on Star Trek or Star Wars rather. The the fact that Picard has his his like remake <clears throat> of a chateau in the in the ship like he's basically living in the uh uh not he's living in the holodeck. He's living in the holodeck and that is that is a bad thing from anything I've ever seen from anyone that ever spent too much time in the goddamn holodeck there's something wrong. There, there's, there's something missing. They have some sort of uh, fragile uh, disposition, and he, he's determined to keep living in his chateau. But is is, mm-hmm. is that a call to like the fact that he had to retreat for so long and he's only able to function so well because he has this holodeck version of his chateau where he was safe where he retreated, or is it something more of a uh, I'm only comfortable in, in this realm? But even then, there's, like, the other things that, like, that stick out to me is there's so many objects and trinkets in this room as opposed to any other room that anyone has in their actual quarters. I, you know, I, I understand what you're getting at there. And, of course, it's a faithful recreation, as they say. Right. But to me, okay, I've got issues about warp. And I was thinking about warp speed today, driving to work. And because uh, I came in from elsewhere, so it was a longer drive than normal. And I was like, if you could live on a spaceship, wouldn't you want a homier environment? When you're watching Next Generation, when you're watching, when you watch Deep Space Nine, it's a very confined space on the Defiant. When you're watching, when you're on the station, it, those quarters are huge because it's a space station. And every. Every time I ever talked to my dad about space-related stuff, he was like, there's so much empty space. There's so much wasted area. Like, that's just not how space travel could work. But then you look at what the Enterprise-D 
I saw a, a scenario recently that said, like, how much space is there? Like, you get these daffy scenes in the in Next Generation where somebody's walking around alone on the ship, and it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, there'd be crew everywhere. No, the Enterprise D is enormous. There's 1,100 people on it. They're in the different areas. But when they go go to their quarters, their quarters look like their quarters. And it's just a redress of one quarters to the next for whatever character it is. That's television. So television here says we're going to spend all this money on building this beautiful, rich set that we're going to utilize again and again and again because it's going to be clever and different. But the more I think about it, the more it makes me think that the Enterprise D, holodecks were new technology in 2368 when that show started. And this is much, much later. So why wouldn't you want to live in a holodeck that could recreate well, something that is more home? Like each room? You is can take own, home with like you. Like each room is your own holodeck type thing? Yeah, why not? But why like, not? we we all know how much energy the holodeck takes yes. to operate, and how that can dick things up. And it's like, so you're telling me that this weird ass ship that they're on right now that makes no sense—it looks like nothing else in Star Trek, ever, even alien ships. Like, this ship can have a holodeck just for him. Yeah. And have all of these holographic characters walking around. Well, he's still... well yeah, twenty years difference, maybe. It's this is this but this suddenly seems like it's a Lexus or a Mercedes or 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 something rather than it being something that this guy could afford to have acu- acquired. Now, this captain, you know. Now uh the way you put it that way, it definitely establishes him as somebody that has way more pool than anyone else has, even though this is not his own ship. The way that he avoided sitting... Uh, the opposite of the way it was when he avoided sitting in the captain's chair uh, two, ep- two uh-huh. episodes ago. The other thing is, is this entire conversation where all five of them are sitting there talking and discussing, and uh, it, it's, it reminds me of the quintessential bullshit thing that happens in any Marvel movie. When the heroes meet each other, we're both on the same side, but we gotta duke it out and and and, and cause each other trouble. Uh, rather than them duking it out, that was a solid discourse of them discussing, and it, the, the, there was no no punches pulled in in that entire conversation. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. And she looks familiar. <laughs> Like uh, I, I was, well, she looked vaguely like Robin Curtis to me when we didn't see her with Borg stuff. And Robin Curtis, of course, who who replaced uh, Kirstie Alley as Savick in Star Trek three and four, but it's totally not. Seeing like like I was looking up her IMDb and I didn't recognize anything, but like like I I certainly appreciate watching a uh, and uh, I hesitate to say it this way, but the destruction of a smart person into a, a lunatic and mm-hmm. i don't want that to happen but we it's already happened and she's watching the tapes of her before she went crazy after uh, borg assimilation and we still have the mystery of why is it that 
Romulan assimilation made 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 them all crazy after the fact, while everyone else that's been assimilated and uh, de-assimilated, unassimilated, whatever word it is, is not locked in the Looney Bin Brig. Mm-hmm. These graphics are great, by the way. They look really cool, and it and it harkens back to uh, my favorite episode of Star Trek in Deep Space Nine, The Visitor, and they're on the Defiant, and it's, you know, 20 years later or whatever, and uh, they're in the future uniforms that we saw in uh, the last episode of Voyager and that particular Deep Space Nine episode, and an episode you haven't seen yet, so I don't want to spoil it for you, but... Um, they're in the future uniforms, and they're they're talking about, you know, hey, we pulled the Defiant out of mothballs to go on this mission, and they're like, I can't believe that we were able, you know, that we are able to do this, and then uh, it was either Bashir or Dax says, I can't believe we ever operated on non-three-dimensional computer interfaces. I mean, this is where we are, but I, it's, it's just, that's the direction that computer related stuff is going in uh, in films in 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 television at this point if you want it to be high tech it's got to be a holographic 3d representation in front of okay you. so they've got the armbands um yeah i don't remember them explaining what that means yeah but they're probably there's some kind of gang members or, 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 or some part of hookers or something no, Who knows? I'm, anytime i've ever seen armbands I mean they're some part of uh a, a group of individuals that find themselves superior to others and the other thing that just put me on edge is that we're seeing it a scene where he should be walking with open arms and we're seeing things like uh the equivalent of uh whites only uh you know romulans only own bar and here he is and he's lucky that this woman doesn't punch his head off his face I'm not so sure. I don't think that she would. You know, th when you get into what the concept of the episode is, is that this, this, uh, this warrior group. Space nuns? <laughs> yeah. This warrior group believes in the way of absolute candor, so they tell you exactly what they're thinking. No lies. There's no sense in hiding yeah. it. I mean, goodness gracious. I can't. Authentically, I can see how relieving that would be. And at a certain point, you'd have to be a hardy individual. Not only are you telling people exactly what you think of them all the time, you're okay with whether or not they uh, react well or not to with it. whether yeah, how whatever however they react. And they have to be okay with the idea that you might think they're a dope or think that they're a terrible person because you know it. Or whatever, you know. I can think of several places in my life where, if I didn't hide how I felt about people, that it would result in a timely or a, a in, in a lengthy dis disagreement that would have to get cleared up. But at least it happened without without uh, bullshit and with extreme respect. And that's one thing I like about this this group of, of yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, listeners, uh, space nuns. Um, it's funny that they're, they're Romulans too because it just I don't know there's so many weird things that they're making for the Romulans in this series 
that <laughs> they're upsetting us. Um, <laughs> they're upsetting us. Yeah. Well, it's I don't know. It's just like okay, well, sure. I mean, the Romulans should have an enormous, varied culture that isn't only what we saw on the Next Generation. This show is forcing the Romulans into a 360 degree more realistic quality than, than we've ever than seen. Than just before. being villains and people you can't trust. And yeah. I love that. But at, at the same time, though, uh, anytime I watch any of these episodes, I find myself uncontrollably fidgeting. fidgeting. I can't sit still when I watch any of these episodes. Even, even right now as we speak, I cannot sit still because I, it's just... It's not right. <laughs> like, it's... it's uh, they're 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 messing with my sense of uh, uh, equilibrium and what is right and what is wrong, and I have to put up with it. But at the same time, though, I'm literally at the edge of my seat. What about? I mean, like it, it, because it's just, the, because the Romulans aren't the Romulans you expect. Well, well, not just that, but the the fact that that Picard brings down, he's disrespected. He's on TV. He's disrespected. Uh, people have... He has every... I mean, that's the crazy thing at this point. To look at a character that we revere so much and to say... We... He deserves to be disrespected by some people. He absolutely does. And I don't want to accept it, but I'm, I, I, we're watching it from the fourth... Uh, from fourth... Uh, from... But beyond the fourth wall. And... Yeah. And, and I, I can't disagree with anyone that's pissed off with him. And, and it's just... I love that, and I, I'm, I know a lot of people would be upset about that, but I love the fact that I am being personally challenged. You are being personally challenged. It, it, it's, it's, I, I, I would. I do appreciate uh, that aspect. I would like that. to say that there's some things that are offensive to our senses in every manner. That this this scene is offensive to me oh, in every manner. What, what a great way I, to say it. You're exactly the, the, every this, sense this, is here. It, dippy little situation. If it had okay, I can't take his like little. I'm having a good time. Cry, yeah. seriously, at all. Wait, let's 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 hear it. Breathe deeply. <laughs> I do like the music a lot. Yeah, the music in this is great. Like, like he's some kid skidding on what, some linoleum and new socks. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, they don't explain why this is the case exactly, and it's it's beautiful and it's fun, but like, how? Okay, the Borg. This is the this is like the world's most dangerous zombie pit bull, and they're having fun that you've on got it. on the <laughs> shortest leash possible with your knee on its neck pinned to the ground. There is no world where the Borg should be uh, defanged like this. Except that Voyager emasculated the Borg over and over and over again to the point where they're... Oh, obviously, this is all we've ever got to do to shut down the Borg. It's like, hey, we found the off switch. Like, the Romulans are something that you can trust to be untrustworthy yep and the 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 klingons are something that you can trust to attack you because you know there's going to be you know there's going to be a conflict there 
But the Borg have been have been like, okay, well, since they have computer components, all you got to do is throw a program in there and shut them down. Like we discover that in the second Borg outing in the series. So any Borg after that, it was really really hard for me to take seriously. But simultaneously, I did because I wanted them to be that dangerous. Because we didn't have the Klingons to be that dangerous anymore. That is such a and good the point. Romulans that is... show up and they front and they rattle their sabers and it seems like you're going to come to blows and you never do until Star Trek Nemesis. That is an amazing point. Like, like it, 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 it yeah. disjoints you. And, and, and when they neuter the worst enemy, you, you suddenly find yourself being like, wait a minute, what did you do to those guys? Uh, those guys are the badasses. What are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, this this scene I've got an issue with. Hey, the bad guys are showing up. Well, do what you're supposed to do because I'm down here doing what I came here to do. I feel like what? You, maybe we need your help. Maybe you want to get out of here. Maybe we maroon you here. Why are we on this freaking side quest? Like. It's suddenly way more important to me to make sure that these old pals are okay and that this kid maybe... Like, what? I just don't get it. Did he come here to get the kid or did he come here to see how they were and getting the kid is a bonus? I think he came to get the... To... I, I think he came to get the kid. But at the same time, though, the kid is like an amalgamation of like 10 different characters we've seen in cartoons and kung fu films and it's it's confusing. I feel like he should have been in the Matrix. It kind of yeah. I mean, it's like oh, it's so crazy. Go back and look at Rogue One. Oh, and and uh, look Absolutely. at Absolutely. And go. Oh my God! Does, you are genius Does Star at that. Wars have to have an a a blind Asian like ass kicker? And then you watch the movie and you're like, yes, yes. it totally does. Yes, this was the greatest. I can't believe that I could have complained about it. But at the same time, if the guy had been an obvious alien, it would have been like, okay, well, I can buy that too. But, but, it, so, but it's also a different relationship. This isn't someone... Every, every person that he's co collected on his uh, little uh, secret mission has been some way has been connected to him in like uh we we've got uh, Allison Pill's character who's connected because of her yeah. love of uh of uh, AI and and a need to uh meet uh, uh what's his name um the guy we're looking for um Dodge No no the the the, the guy that Oh running for looking for Bruce yeah, Maddox Yeah for Bruce Maddox everyone has some uh -huh. sort of connection to him This one is the opposite where he needs the boy more than the boy needs him. As opposed to everyone else that has some sort of hardcore respect. The boy is filled with, and, and you can see it, with just resentment that he left and never came back. Because he loved him. Like, you, you were supposed to come back. You were supposed to, I mean, even in the most base sense. You were supposed to buy me a Happy Meal. Like, I've been waiting for you. <laughs> I, I, I've been waiting for you. And, 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 and you, you never came back. And... Um, that sort of character development, like, like I, I, when I first saw this, I was imagining that this, this kid, this boy, this man that we're looking at has, was about to kill him <laughs> or, or, or poison him in some way. Like I was on edge, like thinking like, um, he's going to teach him some lesson in, in some sense. I don't know. I'm, 
it just it just made me feel very uncomfortable seeing Picard with a person that he really has no obligation to, but he but on the other end he kind of does. I, yeah, it's 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 too thin. It's just it's like re- it's like eating really really thin soup. It's just yeah, it's missing something. What, yeah, this this isn't your dad. Captain Picard is not your dad. Uh, Admiral Picard, as it were. It's very difficult to wrap my head around the the rank. Um, <clears throat> I mean. But at the same time, though, I love the kung fu aspect of it, that they're getting a ronin. And that, that the, the idea of a ronin in the first place always just gets me hot. And I, it's impossible not to. The mat, you know, yeah, it's just... Every, the, 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 the romanticism of a swordsman. You, you are so absolutely correct. You, you have been hit, like... You, you, Why did we watch The Highlander all those you, years? You, because it's awesome. You've got a loaded machine gun right now, man. Everything, like, like you're, you're correct. You watch Highlander, and whether or not it's, it's me or you, and I'm watching it, and it starts out watching the Freebirds versus the fucking Von Erichs, and then, and then, and, <laughs> and then really slowly the screen says... And music by Queen, and you're like, well, shit, like, uh-huh. uh, like, where do I, where, where do I make love to this DVD or or VHS? <laughs> um, but you 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 hit the head on the uh, the nail on the head earlier when you're talking about Rogue One. Uh, Rogue One was very slow to me until we got to a point just like this, and where in, where he's convincing him that we need you, it without flat out asking, and then we get to Rogue One when she asks, uh, uh, like eight actual ronin from different planets in different uh uh galaxies that we're about to go on a suicide mission this is i'm sorry i have to interject please, here this please. this thing I, I i really love what you're telling me but like I, this is really getting tired somebody coming in bitching captain picard out him trying to explain himself and then them getting up pissed off storming away and he's left sitting there in the dust right. in the regret in the guilt absolutely right it has happened in i think every single episode there's only so much crow you can eat before you're like you know what fuck off <laughs> or yeah screw yeah, everybody yeah. i know who i am like at this point this is where i wanted him yeah this is where he needs to switch around Nobody's going to give me any grief anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm not going to take it. This is the Captain Picard who beamed down to, what is it, Falor 4, the Bajoran oh, world with Ensign oh Rowe, yes. and said, we can do something about this. And we're going to do it. I <laughs> have an incredible starship. I have the weight of the Federation behind me. And I can beam down tricorders and food and water and clothing and blankets until we have no replicator rations left and then I can go get more yeah. because I'm a Starfleet captain it's in, it, that this is what I want to see I want him to stop taking grief from people that's perfect because this is exactly and when it happens be who he was this is exactly when it happens like he he has no idea if he's going to get out of this bar alive <laughs> And in any other, it's kind of amazing. Any other circumstance, uh, pre Picard, pre Nemesis, that there would he would have had like five different dudes. Data would Data would have been like standing behind this guy already without him knowing it, <laughs> about to get an armbar or, or or get his arm broken. Uh, 
Riker would have had his finger on the trigger. Like, Worf. Exactly. And But now we're seeing it where he's naked and he's like, fuck it. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to get so excited. Um, I don't care anymore. No. I don't care anymore. I will finish it. I have no backup. And But I'm still John Luke Picard, god damn it. This, these people are all dumping on him, too. It's like, okay, you think that there aren't a 15 dozen other Romulan colonies that need to get sorted out right Agreed. now? And, like, everybody's blaming him in particular because he put himself out there for everybody. This is a breakdown of the of the juice in the writing, as a as opposed to like this isn't a complaint. Okay, this is me like talking about what I love. I, about I think this. I know what you're gonna say. Please continue. Well, I mean, I'm just it's 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 like you've got a you've got a you've got the Federation from Star Trek VI, the undiscovered country that does not want the Klingons to enter into Federation society. Quote, they'll be the galactic trash of the galaxy. And it's like, okay, sure. Is that what happened? No, it's not what happened. They retained themselves as an honorable empire with new allies. And thus distancing themselves further from the untrustworthy Romulans. And Captain Picard always strove for the opportunity to try and... Broker a peace with the Romulans. So when you look... And so, I mean, you know, hey, guys, if you watch Star Trek, you know yeah. this. But, like... I mean, you can bloody your nose fighting a Klingon and it's not going to end. It's going to... It's going to... It's it's not always a fight to the death. Like, the, Kling, the Romulans, it's going to start a galactic war. And so... Is, is this guy trying so hard... To live up to his own ideals, not the Federation and not Starfleet, but his own ideals in and of the same ideals that probably wow. Spock wow. was trying to do. Yeah, that's a killer motion. Yeah, no, no, killer no, no I'm glad you brought that up because not even like Spock wouldn't have cut someone's head off like that. We, we just crossed the line. We just, we just crossed it. Well, he's a line. different guy. I love what this guy says. You basically... Anyone who threatens him. I am an unsheathed weapon, period. Choosing to die. Wow. He is... in. He. I love his motivation. He wants his dad. <laughs> well, and, I don't know. And, it's just and, that and, part's and ridiculous. Weird... I don't see them developing... I don't see that they had time enough to develop a father-son well, relationship. Well, well, even then, he's Luke Skywalker. He's on fucking Tatooine, and he needs a fucking purpose in his life. And finally, that. he came back, and, like, I've got his back. I, 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 I will help serve, serve his cause. Let's get the hell out of here and figure out what the hell we gotta do. I like that. I like that better than, than anything else I saw. Okay, so, I got a bitch here about... The pacing of the episode. They could have had that entire sequence going on in the midst of this battle. Agreed. Because this battle does this the space battle just it's like it doesn't. Like when when we gotta get everybody on the ship to have this fight so we can have this awesome reveal at the end. Well, yeah, I guess so, but like 
I don't know. I just feel like I would have intercut that business for dire peril for Picard with dire peril for the ship. I don't know. No. I but I do love that. I do love this moment where Picard and Elcor they understand one another because Picard inherently gets where Elcor comes from. Agreed. The fact that they're a bunch of vagabonds, but they're not a bunch of like uh, squirmy, like have like debts on eight million like <laughs> different planets. Yeah. Like like these people are legit. They 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 have something they believe in. That that's one of the best parts about this to me is every single one of these people believes in something and has something. We we haven't been revealed what his motivation is. Um, we're gonna see in episode five in a minute. Uh, because we're gonna do five in a minute. Why? Um, well, not um, his. Uh, I was thinking about that was the the captain of the ship, but oh. Oh, I didn't see his ears. Um, oh no, yeah, it's his uh, Narek yeah, um, again. We have we don't know his motivation, but everyone has mo honorable motiv motivations so far. <clears throat> and I, I, this guy, I mean, it's and he's another tortured figure that I think is gonna be. I gotta be bad because I'm the bad guy, but I'm gonna decide not to be the bad guy by the end or something. I'm gonna do the right thing. Hopefully, he does the right thing and disappears. He's, I'm not he's inspired by he's this character. He's obviously gonna be that guy. He's like the <laughs> you're exactly. He's like the fourth musketeer or some shit like that that just comes back and says, "Okay, we're we're okay." <clears throat> or I'm, or, yeah, so or I'm, I'm sorry. So far, I'm uninspired at all by. Either of these characters the, and the sister Commodore O. The sister friend thing is weird, isn't it? It's very, it's very icky. Yeah. One of my favorite things in this entire planet is when you don't enjoy a Star Trek episode, and I just <laughs> and I just keep pushing your buttons until <laughs> until you like it. <laughs> Or at least, in, it's not, or at least I, enjoy it. <laughs> well, I you were know. you like, were so this, pissed off about this episode last week. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting all week to push your buttons. <laughs> Just get on with this scene. I, it's weird. I don't like it. This. What? Yeah, I just don't. What is the purpose of this? Like, it just—it just seems like an odd, like, taboo sensuality they put into it, and it's like, okay. The best we can hope for is that this sister brother thing is some kind of like title that is thrown around for. Oh, we took these kids and we raised them together, right. and they're gonna call each other by that, but they're totally not, or. We, or something like Gamora and Nebula, you know. Right, right. And, and just like any time you play D&D with anyone, there's always a monkey wrench. There's always one person that is just, like, out to watch the world burn. And then you get this idea <laughs> yeah. that gets thrown in there, but it serves no purpose in the story. And here we go. And, uh, so we're getting blasted here. We've got to decloak... Oh, man. We've got to decloak Burger Prey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he pulled the, uh... Warbird. 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 Uh, sorry, he pulled sorry, the. Uh, he put the cigar in his mouth, and I was really hoping he was going to be like chewing, like he was going to be eating something through the battle. <laughs> like Wolvie. 
was reading so many Wolverine comics today. Like, uh, the scoot ain't greasy, the cigar ain't lit, and get the hell out of her, woman. <laughs> Rafi, I can't wait for them to expand more on her character because I think that everyone that is into Star Trek knows someone like her and we'll, we're about we're so close to talking about it. Oh, this guy. Do, do you notice that do you notice that she's always drinking coffee now? Ever since Oh, is she? I didn't notice she's that. She's always drinking coffee. Um, anytime you see her doing research, ever since, uh, when Picard called her in episode, uh, in episode two, and he's like, you didn't research? Great, great, I thought you were. Uh, I'm sending you some more stuff, and she's just drinking coffee. She's constantly drinking coffee. Yeah. And, um, that is a quintessential, um, trope of someone that is fresh out of rehab or doesn't want to go back to rehab. From anyone I've ever met that's been in the, that position, they have a inherent obsession with drinking black coffee. What? what? Yeah, I'm, I'm not. What a not kidding. Right? I can't remember why they didn't just fly away. Why didn't they go to warp? I thought that they couldn't because they they weren't getting the space for it. That's weird right there. Now, okay, that style of uh, Romulan starship is a... Was that their ship? Uh, that is what the original series concept of Romulan starship looked was like. Was that their ship that just lost their uh, right engine, or is that the other guys? No, that was, that was the, uh, the bad guys who were attacking in that Romulan right. ship. That's what their ship was. That's what it looked like in the original series. More or less. I mean, this is well and truly more detailed looking, and it's quite pretty. But it's just astonishing. That's, that ship would have to be 100 years old. Yeah. But at a certain point, I'm always thinking about that concept. Uh, why would we be flying around in ships that are 100 years old? Because they're still working. Because ships in space... Have to be something that is made to super made to last, not a fucking like a yeah. eighty-two Accord. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a nineteen eighty-four Ford Escort. Yeah. Um, all right, so we just saw the episode's over. We just saw seven yeah. nine, and I, I was a little pissed off that they did it at the end like that because I, I, I oh yeah, I didn't like it either. It she she's she's more than a cliffhanger ending. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, for real. Well, that's what we get. I mean, the fifth episode does a lot with her, of course. Um, I just, it's too, it's, it was a trope to have her beam in and then collapse. Uh, we've seen it done in dozens of things. And so that part of it just kind of like, I don't know, that just bored me to, to have that happen. Yeah, they just all um, of a sudden like, you and me ship collapse like. Come on, like, give us a little bit more meat than that, and, and, and we're not the type of audience that is going to be suckered by a cliffhanger ending. We're going to be there anyway. Give us some... Th- I'll tell you that. Now, now it, it occurs to me. Tell me. That when I watched it the first time, I thought that line, you owe me, to sh- owe me a ship, and I was like, I didn't know where she was coming from with that statement. 
in after having watched the fifth episode, it makes a lot of sense. She's not operating in any kind of a command structure. That was a personal vehicle of hers. That yeah, was her ship, was... like Captain Rio's ship, you know. And it's all the same thing. If you're driving, like Captain Rios, it feels like it doesn't feel like he's driving around being Lone Star in the Eagle <laughs> Five. That doesn't feel like the Millennium Falcon. That feels like a damn Corvette. That almost feels like something out of Miami Vice. It is ultra slick. It has too much amazing technology going on for him to be a a, a lone operator in the fringes. And we didn't get to see what she was flying necessarily, some kind of like souped up fighter craft. But, um, you know, whatever. It's a question of like where she got the thing. That's like, sh that's like her showing up in an A-wing or something like that. Well, uh, let's take a break because we're going to do episode five. Uh, guys, this is, this yeah. is dangerous. The transmission's ending. And you'll get episode five tomorrow. All right. I stopped.
Yeah, this this transmission is over. Uh, this is dangerous. Over and out.